Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome back to the Knowledge Group podcast where we're taking a forward look at what our speakers are hoping to cover at future events. Where this week we're going to be turning our attention to the bad faith setup in insurance litigation and how to avoid risks and legal pitfalls. Going live November 14th between 3pm and 5pm Eastern Standard Time, we're going to be joined by Ned Curry, a shareholder of Curry, Johnson & Mayers PA. We're going to be joined by Connie Ray Stockham, a shareholder at Stockham, Cooper & Potts PC. We're also going to be joined by Michelle Burton, a managing partner at Shoecraft Burton LLP. And we're going to be joined as well by Tom Segala, a partner at Goldberg & Segala. We're going to hear from our speakers momentarily. Just before we do, I'd like to remind you that you can use the code PODCAST25 when you're registering for this webcast to get 25% off your first webcast registration. All the details you need will be found in the description down below along with that podcast. Let's turn things over to them. Hello, I'm Ned Curry with the Jackson, Mississippi law firm of Curry, Johnson & Myers. Uh, I... Uh, uh, spend 100% uh, of my time representing insurers and uh, coverage and extra-contractual lawsuits and uh, issues and matters. The subject of the upcoming webcast is bad faith setups of insurance companies. And what uh, my points uh, in uh, participation with this webinar have to do from the time-to-time -time occasion when insurance companies are confronted with a claimant's lawyer uh, who tries to maneuver insurance companies into committing acts that may constitute bad faith. Such maneuvering is called a setup. For example, plaintiff's counsel may attempt a setup by creating a situation where the insurer refuses to settle a tort claim within policy limits within a limited period of time. The end game, of course, is not to get a settlement of the underlying claim within that limited time period, but, on the other hand, to recover substantial extra-contractual damages, including attorney's fees where permitted as a result of the insurer's failure to settle the case uh, as demanded. Uh, we all know that a bad faith verdict oftentimes uh, is vastly uh, more lucrative than simply collected on a within policy limits uh, claim. And that incentive often is at the heart of the setup. Setups most often occur in a third-party tort liability context uh, where there is a lawsuit filed against the insurance companies insured, but it does occur in first-party lawsuits filed by uh, an insured against his or her insurance company. The emergence of the bad faith setup has not gone unnoticed by the courts. In fact, one court has summarized its concern over uh, setups by referring to them as manufactured litigation. So what our panel uh, will undertake is to discuss 
from the insurer's perspective, the importance of early recognition of a setup by examining typical fact patterns where setups are attempted in third and first party claims. And following this, we'll have a discussion about how insurers can develop a responsive strategy to minimize bad faith exposure when attempting to resolve these claims. I'm Connie Ray Stockham. I'm from the law firm of Stockham, Cooper & Potts in Birmingham, Alabama. For much of my legal career, I've spent a good bit of it doing first-party insurance coverage analysis and defense of bad faith litigation. I come from a state where we've had a great deal of bad faith litigation for a period of about 25 years. And in more recent years, particularly the last five, we've been able to bring to bear legal defenses and arguments that have been more productive and narrowing the scope and the impact of bad faith litigation in our state. And those defenses and those tactics and strategies can come to bear to be helpful in trying to defend what's referred to now as a bad faith setup. The first area of that where we've had some success in our state is narrowing the scope of what a bad faith claim is. Originally, we had two types of bad faith claims recognized in first party suits, both the abnormal claim, which was a failure to investigate, and the normal claim, which was that of not having a debatable reason. We've been able to convince the court that uh, now there's really only one bad faith claim, the only two methods of proving it and have found that the timing of the evidence and getting that evidence collected and into the files of the insurers has become critically important. A second aspect that we have addressed in our state and we've seen also addressed in other states is the confusing standard of what a first-party bad faith claim is as compared to a third-party bad faith claim. And both the Plains Bar and the Defense Bar have continually confused the elements of a third-party bad faith claim and in doing that have uh, not very well handled some bad faith setups. So the recognition of certain factors such as the importance of the punitive damage charge, uh, tort charge, and jury charge has become extremely important. Another aspect that we've seen uh, that the Plains Bar has effectively used is the fact that a reservation of rights, conducting a case under a reservation of rights, can be a factor in a bad faith suit and some of the uh, signals and the red flags of what not to do if an insurer is conducting a defense under a reservation of rights will be discussed, as well as to how to best handle those. Lawyers also have to be aware in that regard because they can also be sued for malpractice. Another aspect that will help in addressing bad faith setups is the, to be alert to the novel approaches that lawyers take in getting around various bars to bad faith suits. For example, in our state, the insured is the only holder of the claim for bad faith, and it is considered to be not assignable. But our Plains Bar has creatively found ways to get around that, and those are uh, types of strategies that we need to be alert to both in, in Alabama and in uh, the states. Also, troublesome hotspots. We have uh, insurers that rely on statutory limits and on policy provisions that are not consistent with the statutory laws of our state and case law, and that can occasion bad faith claims to arise. And if time permits, I'll also discuss briefly the kind uh, of the cruel of a bad faith claim and how being aware of the fact that the bad faith claim may not have accrued can be a valid defense in a bad faith setup.
My name is Michelle Burton. I'm the managing partner of Shoecraft Burton, a law firm in California. Um, most of my practice is spent defending insurance companies and bad faith lawsuits throughout the state of California and Washington. I'm going to be um, covering in my presentation or in the webinar some things related to the bad faith setup uh, that are particular here to California. Um, there may be some overlap with some of the other speakers. The One of the things that I'm going to be covering is conveniently timed and premature policy limits demands and what insurers need to be on the lookout for here in California. Um, uh, responding, training your adjusters on how they are supposed to approach and respond to policy limits demands, uh, making your um, adjusters aware of their obligations to umbrella carriers with respect to responding to policy limits demands. I'm also going to cover uh, situations uh, where the carrier suspects that there might be collusion between the insured and the claimant and some strategies for dealing with and addressing that. I'm going to cover um, stipulated judgments in exchange for covenants not to execute and some strategies for carriers in avoiding those. Um, those are in the third party context. In the first party context um, where bad faith setups also occur, uh, here in California, but usually through the use of um, some strategic partnerships between public adjusters and uh, emergency services contractors uh, where they create and increase scopes of damages and don't get give the insurance company an opportunity to get out there um, and investigate or take a look at the damage. Um, some strategies you can do you can use for dealing with increased scopes um, and figuring out uh, which parties uh, work together um, so that you can you and your claim team care of that. And I am going to cover um, something where the uh, either the public adjuster or the insurance, um, insured attorney will try to set the company up by getting them to um, put things related to scope disputes in a denial um, and whether or not the insurance company is obligated to do that under the regulations. Um, and then I'm going to talk about premature appraisal demands and setups within the appraisal context um, and some strategies for insurance companies in pushing back on appraisal until uh, all of uh, the information related to the appraisal is received by the carrier. Uh, my name is Tom Segala and I'm with the law firm of Goldberg Segala. We have 21 offices uh, throughout the country from the east to west coast. I primarily um, deal in bad faith and coverage expert issues. I'm retained by litigants in bad faith and coverage litigation um, as an expert. And during my segment, I'm going to talk about certain sensitive claims where carriers find themselves.
more susceptible to bad faith setups. And those sensitive claims I've identified as claims in various jurisdictions which require an insurer to make a good faith offer to settle up front. The second sensitive area is policy limit demands. The third sensitive area is time limit demands. The fourth area that I'll explore are demands that are realistic and do not exceed the policy limits. The fifth one is where claims based upon uniform claims handling are made and how that can result in the setup. And the sixth sensitive claim is multiple claims um, and insufficient limits. And with respect to each one of these sensitive areas, um, I will explore ways in which an insurance carrier can minimize the risk and therefore minimize um, the, bad, the bad faith setup and not stumble um, one's toe um, during that process. In addition, um, I'm going to explore the attitudes or the perceived attitudes of both insurers and insureds in the context of claims handling. And under that umbrella, I'm going to explore the concepts of comparative bad faith, reverse bad faith, and totality of the circumstances and how those um, defenses or strategies can be utilized to um, confront um, a bad faith setup. With respect to each one of those strategies, um, I'll explore whether such a strategy exists in a, in a particular jurisdiction, whether those strategies have been rejected or accepted by courts um, and statutes, and how the practitioner and claims representatives can look at the totality of the circumstances in assessing how they're going to handle a potential bad faith setup. Thanks for listening to this week's Knowledge Group podcast. Don't forget all the information that you need to register to sign up for this event will be found in the description down below. Along with the code PODCAST25, getting you 25% off your first webcast registration. Don't forget that if you can't attend the live event November 14th, you can always get the recording. All the information, once again, is in the description box down below. We look forward to seeing you there. Take care, everyone. Bye now.